I'm James Deacon and welcome to the final Desert Island Dicks of 2018. The show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they were dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is writer, podcaster and broadcaster. You might know him as Ronnie Hot Dogs, but his real name is Andy Dawson and he's joining me today. Hello, Andy. Hello, James. Thanks for inviting me along. No, thanks for coming in to do the podcast. So uh, I've invited Andy along to do the final podcast of the year and we're summarising 2018 in dicks, right? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I listened to a few of the, the, the back catalogue episodes to get a feel for the podcast. And everyone else that's done this has had kind of their entire life to draw upon and all of their experiences they've had. And then you've got me in just to do 2018. <laughs> and I thought, why does James hate me? <laughs> no. why, why, why am I restricted to just a 12 months of a, a calendar year? Uh, no. It's that when everyone else just gets so much else to choose from. I mean, there's been a lot of dicks this year. There has. Right? There has. I've, yeah. I've, I've done my best. Oh, but, um, I've seen some of your choices and I think you've done very well. I think I've done all right. It's exciting, yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think you're the right guy to do this. I might well be. I've got previous in sort of like righteous anger. You have, yeah. That. I did that getting the sea thing. Yeah, I know ago. you did, yeah. It was great. You I, made a book, right? I got a book out of it. Yeah. yeah, I got a little bit too into it. It got a little bit <laughs> it got a little bit addictive, kind of picking out people and things that deserve to be chucked into the sea. And uh, in the end I just had to step back from it and try and you know, be a better person, <laughs> be a more balanced, well-rounded person, because it was just becoming too much. Um, you are me, probably in a year's time. Looking back at this podcast, right? I think, like, I'm, I'm probably in a year's time. I'm going to say, actually, no, I need to do something a bit more wholesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete Donaldson was on this podcast a little while ago, and he said, "Soon, James, you're going to turn around <laughs> and do Desert Island dudes." Yeah, I mean, it was quite weird trying to pick people because it took me back into that getting the sea sort of mode. Okay. And um, I realised that I'm not as angry as I was sort of three then. or four years ago. <laughs> okay. Life's not so bad these days. <laughs> yeah. but, but I soon got back into it, right, as, yes. as you'll find out. I'm going to force your hand here. 40 right. minutes or so, yeah. Okay. Uh, Andy, so let's dive in. Who's going to be your first person? First one I've picked is Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage. And I mean, you could you could have applied this to any year for <laughs> yeah. the past decade, really. But yeah. Nigel Farage is the perpetual fly in the ointment of... Um, of the political scene and you know as brexit you know sort of creaks towards its inevitable conclusion whatever's going to happen i don't know it could be theresa may's deal it could be no deal it could be no brexit we don't know but farage is always there he's a fly in the ointment mm. and he's literally got nothing of value to say he's no. just this irritant yes he's kind of been i mean this will be damning him with praise really which he'd probably like but he's been the architect yes. of the whole brexit thing yes. over the years and but but he's got nothing to offer. He appears regularly on all the news outlets. Oh, he does, yeah. Because yeah. he's got fuck all else to do. <laughs> and he'll he'll just at the drop of a hat. I think there's a certain breed of media commentators who mm. kind of circle around the centre of London. Mm. They might be on bikes or tandems. Yeah. I don't know. They might be in those those things that the, you sit in and someone's like the rickshaw, yeah. yeah. They might be in one of them. And as soon as a call comes in from in Sky News or Five Live, they're there. Yeah, they're there within yeah. ten minutes and ready in, to go. Yeah, and they're in the studio talking shit for fifty quid <laughs> yeah. for um for because they've got nothing else to do and just contributing nothing to the greater good. I mean Farage, he's 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 a chancer. He's a mm. he's a weasel, a slippery mm. bullshitter. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean he's he's basically what he is. He's a fucking spiv. If this was the Second World War, <laughs> yeah. and God knows we're not far off. If this is the Second World War. He, he's the kind of fella who would have almost certainly evaded 
being called up to fight and actually be involved. Totally. And what he'd be doing, he'd have some dubious excuse about some medical shit, like <laughs> Trump's got with these bone spurs when he had to go to Vietnam and end up not going. Yeah. Farage right. would come up with something, probably his lungs, because of the yeah. amount he smokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and instead, he'd be going around pubs in London selling nylons and bananas. Yeah, he'd be one of those exactly, fuckers, yeah. slippery chancer. Yeah, and it's always been there. You know, there's there's stuff from his past where um, his his teachers at school were worried about his 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 far right, let's say fascist mm. leanings. He was caught once striding along the street singing "Tomorrow Belongs to Me," the the Nazi anthem from Cabaret really? one time, and it, and there's a letter in existence written by one of his teachers which says that I'm very worried about Nigel and his far-right tendencies. Yes, I think I've seen that, actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Farage is a fascist. Oh, yeah. That's what he is. Totally, yeah. He's a fascist in sheep's clothing, but he's a fascist. Yeah. Um, And what he's done in sort of bringing about Brexit and and the stuff that he did that helped, you know, leave to win the vote. Mm. I mean, he's tied up with all of the, the dodgy shenanigans involved in the electoral spending and all the Facebook ads and all that, which, no. which actually led to them winning anyway. Mm. And the fact that it's still going through when it was clearly a crooked enterprise mm. is something that, that, that fucking angers me on an hourly basis almost. But the the thing that he's done, it's the 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 leave win has emboldened racists in this country. Totally. It's brought yeah. them out of the out of the fucking out from the bushes where they were hiding. They were always there. Racism never went away, but we gradually kind of chipped away at it um through for want of a better phrase, political correctness, mm. which kind of pervaded society over the last 25, 30 years. And yeah. political correctness at the end of the day is just it's just being nice. It's good manners. Yeah. Political correctness isn't it's made to sound like it's a bad thing, no, but it's, it's nothing not to be ashamed of. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's a good it's, thing. It's been yeah. tolerant and fair. Yeah. But these racists, they were still there all the time. They were always there, quietly seething, having their opinions that they weren't, they knew they weren't allowed to express, yeah. but they still had them and they'd probably express them quietly amongst themselves, you know, in far dark corners in pubs and among their families and all this kind of thing. But um, Brexit's just kicked the lid off it all. Oh, and they're totally. all out again and they're all emboldened and proud. They think they're, they've, they're in the right, they've been given yeah, that. Yeah, if they think that the, the leave win equals racism is back and it's all right to shout at black people on buses and Asian people in the street and then you get these videos on Twitter where people have filmed these racist outbursts and they're, they're becoming more and more prevalent. And, um, you know, the, the race-hate figures are up ridiculously since 2016. Totally. And it's it's just normalised racism. Yeah. It and really has. And Farage is at the actual absolute centrepiece of all of that i think you put it so well by saying like he's he's in sheep's clothing because he come like he wants to portray this image you know he's like i'm one of you yeah. i'm the man of the people look here i am with a pint in my hand exactly. in a pub yeah. being a but like he's not at all he's, he's a dangerous dangerous and he, character. He, he reels against the establishment mm. he's the fucking establishment he used to be a city trader he's been an mep for god knows how long going over there not contributing not turning up to the European Parliament, collecting the money, mm. racking up his pension. Mm. You know, he's going to be all right once we leave the, the EU because he'll still get his MEP pension. He's the establishment, but he gives us this impression that he's not. And um, I was originally going to choose Piers Morgan. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then I got thinking about it and I thought, Piers Morgan, for for everything that he is, you know, a, 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 I 
don't know what I want to use the word cancer. Is he a can- <laughs> yeah, a cancer on on the media and society. He's just a byproduct of all this. Yeah, because this whole thing and social media has led to all of this oh, as well. Totally, it's yeah. amplified it completely. So you, everyone is now just desperate to get attention, and Piers Morgan is all part of that. And it's 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 all part of this binary. Uh, politics that we've got now are you this side or are you that mm. side and both sides are just going rah, 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 to oh. each other constantly and um and Nigel Farage just seems to be as I've said at the absolute center of all of this he's always part of it and he's like it seems like he's at the helm but who is allowing this to happen it's just like um stations like LBC that yeah. give him airtime yeah on a weekly basis yeah Guys, come on. Those media organisations that I spoke about that will have... The problem is, another problem that we've got... <laughs> here we go. <laughs> another problem that we've got is that there's too much fucking news. There's too much rolling news. Mm. We don't need 24-hour news stations. No. When I was a kid, we had the 6 o'clock, the 9 o'clock, and you got 10 minutes at dinner time, and that's all you need. Mm. You don't need to know everything because nothing's happening most yeah. of the time, yeah. and all you get is you get these dickheads like Farage, and on the other side, dickheads like Owen Jones, constantly leeching off the media and just amplifying their own personas by constantly doing these things and talking and filling this this bag of hot air that is rolling news that doesn't need to be there and doesn't need to be filled. No, yeah, absolutely not, yeah. And it's gotten to this point now that they just need to fill it so they'll just give them a chance. They're like, okay, we'll get them on because they're yeah, a name. Because, Do you know it, what I mean? It, they'll say it's because they're good value. Yeah, they'll, they'll, good they'll value. give us something. Yeah. yeah, and because they're local and they'll pop in and... and but the and problem, it, it's like, it's everywhere. It's like, so if I've got the rolling news on at home, right, yeah. and I think, oh, I'm sick of this, right? So I switch yeah. it over, put a countdown on, and then I look at my phone, and, you <laughs> and then I'm on Twitter, Twitter yeah. and it's just constant rolling news again. Yeah, Of just exactly. hate, loads of hate, 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 yeah. constant hate. And we're all addicted to it. We all just feed into it constantly. I was on it before you got it, and as soon as you leave on the train, I'll be, I'll be on it again. On. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh. The number of books I've read in the last few years has just dropped dramatically oh, yeah. because I spend so much time looking at Twitter. And But getting back to Nigel Farage, yes, do you sorry. remember that plane crash in 2010? Yeah. During the election campaign? I'm... Imagine if he died in that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how different the whole British political scene would be today if Nigel Farage had died in that plane crash. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not wishing him dead no. or anything. That would be awful. Yeah. But just imagine... Imagine if the fucker was dead. I'm not wishing it. No. I don't want Nigel Farage dead, but imagine if he was. Yeah. Can you imagine it? It wouldn't be like it is now, would it? different place, if yeah. If he died in that yeah. crash. Not that he should have done, because that would be a terrible thing to say. But he, I'm imagining you as like a really sinister Marty McFly. <laughs> you go back to 2010. Yeah, you get your pickles in if I had a time machine, I'd go back and kill Hitler. No, I wouldn't go that far back. <laughs> no, actually, I can imagine you go back to 2008, right, and get your pilot's license, do it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Take one for the team. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's it. Yes, but I'm, as I say, I'm not wishing he was dead. But, no, of course. But just imagine if he fucking was. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know if a sentence as cutting as has been said on this podcast. So it's a pre-April podcast. Okay, uh, it's been rough year. <laughs> as I can see it in your face in moments there, um, Andy. Need I ask? Is there any more on, on Nigel Farage before we put him on? That's the pretty much all yeah, I've got. Okay. I, think. There's, I mean, there probably is. I could, I could probably do two hours on him. But yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Take that, 2018. Right. Let's okay. leave it. Let's leave it at the air crash and let's just think about that. Yeah. Think about how it could have been. Let that's true in your mind. Okay, mm. uh, Andy. Thank you very much. Now, who's going to be a second choice? The second choice. It's not an individual. It's okay. a group of people. Okay. That have 
have become increasingly prevalent and um I don't get to go out much. I'm 46 and I've got two kids. I don't have much of a social life, mm. but I, I, if I'm going to go out, I'll go to a gig. Yeah. And I'll go no. watch a band. And I don't really go and watch new bands. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm yeah. 46. Yeah. I tend to watch the bands I've loved for the last 30 years. Um, I'm, I'm wearing a Steely Dan t-shirt. They were around before I was listening to music, but I've got a ticket to see Steely Dan in Glasgow. In a couple nice. Of I got to see Steely Dan. I went to see Paul McCartney the other night. Nice. That was one of the things I felt I should do because I love the Beatles and yeah. I've never seen McCartney. So yeah. I went to see Paul McCartney. This year I've been to see, who have I been to see? I've been to see uh, Pixies. Oh, yeah. New Order. Been to some yes. really good, good big yeah, gigs. Yeah. And they've all been ruined. Every single gig I've been to has been ruined. <laughs> Why is that? Gig talkers. Gig talkers. Gig talkers. When did this become yes. a thing? These fuckers. Yeah. These fuckers who think they've. And gig tickets aren't cheap these days, no, James. No, yeah. When I no was way. a lad, I'm going to keep saying this. I'm going to keep saying when I was a lad and back in the day and all this, and I'm sorry. But back in the day, I used to go and see bands like... I used to go and see Pixies in 1989, and the ticket would have been about £7.50. Oh, yeah. And now it's it's the thick end of 50 quid. Oh, yeah. Big time. And if you're going to spend 50 quid for a night out each, and there's a few of you, mm. and you're going to spend some of that time when the band you've paid that 50 quid to see are on stage, and you're going to have a fucking conversation with your <laughs> pals while they're playing yeah. that music that you've paid to see. Yeah. You should be... Well, you should be removed... From that, yeah, that, from that space, yeah. at the very least, you should possibly be tasered. <laughs> yeah. You should possibly be um, put in maybe um, chains, yeah, and tied to a radiator for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's lots of things I can think, but it, it's it's now it's at the stage where, and you, you can't say kind of say to them, shut up because they take it fucking badly, yeah. and it, it could get violent. No, yeah, there was a fight with Paul McCartney the other night. Mm. I saw a fight at a Paul McCartney gig and wow. I was right at the back in the cheap seats, level three, right at the back upstairs. There was a fight between two young lads. It might have been about gig talking. I don't yeah, know it what it was been. about, yeah. but it kicked off. It might just be a Glasgow thing. I don't know. <laughs> I love Glasgow. It's my favourite city. But there was a fight at a Paul McCartney concert. Oh, wow. And I didn't think that's something I'd ever see. Yeah, or yeah. See. That's crazy. I but, wonder what it was about, gig talking. I, I'd like to think it was, yeah. Who was I'd their like, favourite Beatle? I'd like to think it was about gig talking. Somebody yeah. was talking and was told to shut up. But uh, it's it's tricky because a lot of the time, these people who talk at gigs have probably had a bit too much to drink and that's why they feel a bit loose-lipped. Right, yeah. And they feel yeah. as though they're entitled to um, to to talk with their mates. If it's particularly a new song from the band, they don't know it, I'll just talk through this one. Right, yeah. Fuck you! I've paid fifty quid to come and see Pixies or New Order, or whatever. I want to listen to them. Yeah. Their names on the ticket. Yeah. Whoever you are, fuck face. Yeah. Your name's not on the yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah. There's always someone in your vicinity. Do you know what I mean? It's not like there's mm. always someone. There, there is always someone that, that feels like yeah. it's absolutely fine to do that. You find yourself positioned where you're going to stand, and you mm. think, right, I wonder where they are. Oh yeah. Is it going to be him That's there at, at seven o'clock? Will it be him at three o'clock? Yeah. Is it be someone behind me? 12 o'clock. Is it and that you're looking person around. that looks like they're on their own, but is their mate going to come back with a beer in the minute yeah. and then start? And then the conversation will ensue. Yeah. Oh, man, it uh, just does me head it, it winds me up as well, yeah. I mean, like, I love a good gig, and especially, you know, if I understand right, you get to the new songs, mm. and people are like, okay, this is my moment to go to the toilet, if yeah. they're not bothered. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But then I'll go to the bar, people, people might think the same thing about, like, gig talking. They're like, okay, oh, it's a new song, no one's going to care. But... I've paid the ticket, right? And this is the band's chance for the for you to discover 
their new stuff. Yeah. If that's and you're like, actually no, yeah, I do want to hear this. Yeah, exactly. And that, it's not up to you whether this is the moment to do whatever. Go to the toilet is fine. Yeah, that's all right. But, but that doesn't give you free reign to start having a chat. Even if the new song that they're doing isn't very good and you yeah. don't like it, I still want to hear it because yeah. I paid to hear it. Especially, I don't want to listen to you, you prick. Especially if it's like 50 quid a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I mean, an, another gig I've been to recently, last weekend I went to see Madness. Oh, yeah. No. A Madness gig is one of the most joyous experiences you'll ever go to. Everyone oh, yeah. comes out of a Madness gig with a massive smile on their face. Everyone's beaming. It's brilliant. Yeah. Madness gigs, fantastic. And I went with a bunch of bunch of mates. There was like seven of us, and I'm the only one that regularly goes to see Madness. Right. And the, the others were almost kind of like, ah, let's just stay in the pub. <laughs> we're not bothered. I'm like, no, come on, we're going. We're all yeah, going yeah, to see yeah. Madness. So we went, and in the end, they all they were all they loved bouncing it. up the best and down. Time. They loved yeah. it. Yeah. But during the first song, a couple of them started talking, and I took the chance, and I turned around and I said, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> Right, shut up. Don't be that person <laughs> who you? talks at a gig. And I could do that because they were my mates. Yeah, yeah. And they took it in the spirit it was intended and they did shut up. Good. But it was very cathartic. Yeah, that's Getting nice. Getting to do that. The release, yeah. 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 I felt like I was saying it to every other fucker that's ruined a gig for me yeah. throughout this year. Yeah. I was very, very forceful with oh, them. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. But yeah, gig, gig talking How... needs to be, uh, um, I don't know, criminalised. I've got some questions for you. Go on. What about phone using? Like if someone's taking pictures, videos, are you taking pictures yeah. and videos? Yeah. yeah. That's that's a different category. That's a similar offence. Yeah. Um that that generally doesn't seem to happen quite as much. Someone will take a picture and then they'll put the phone down. Yes. And there's only so long you can stand and hold your phone and do a video for. Yes, okay. Um, that that doesn't annoy me quite as much as the talking does. No. Because it's just, I don't know whether I it's... I think if, you, if you're excited, right, and you're capturing the moment and it's like, right, this is this is amazing right now. What I'm witnessing is like exactly what I paid my money yeah. for and you want to capture it in a picture, I think that's absolutely yeah. fine. At a moment, uh, it was... A few years ago now, uh, it must have been about four or five years ago, I was at a gig at the Roundhouse and I was watching Elbow. Yeah. Elbow were playing yeah. and I I was loving it. It was such a good gig. And uh, they played the song Mirrorball oh, and yeah. out of nowhere this huge Mirrorball comes down Lovely. right from above the stage and the whole place is lit up. Yeah. Amazing, right? And uh, so I was like, right, I'm going to get a quick video here and with my girlfriend. Of course, and, yeah. and everyone is like, phones out and they're yeah. like, this is like, not unexpected, yeah. beautiful moment. So I start doing a video, and the lady next to me was just like, "Are you not going to start? Are you not going to put your phone away and start watching the gig?" And I was just like, in a split second, she must have been about. She could only have been about ten years older than me, maybe like fifteen years. But in a split second, I said, "I said, oh, sorry, mum." She just like immediately, woof. She just stopped and she just like looked at me in fear. And yeah. then she turned to her husband and then she she told told him obviously what about what I just said. And he just started pissing himself. <laughs> it was perfect, and I just felt really like you know. Yeah, that's that's an exception. Something like that when when something happens that you want to. I mean, at the McCartney gig the other night, he did um, "Live and Let Die," oh, yeah. and there were. Uh, explosions and fireworks and all sorts of shit going on. And, yeah. and if I hadn't been right at the very back, kind of next to where a fight was going on, yeah. I might have videoed it, <laughs> yeah. but there's no point because I was too no, far yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is that is a crime in itself, the the, the phone use at mm. gigs. But it, it doesn't bug me as much as, as talking. talking does. And that's been something that's been... Uh, a, 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 something at every gig I've been to this year has just irritated me. And do I stop? What do I do? You know what they should do? Yeah. I was thinking this the other night in McCartney. I was thinking they should have a thing where people can connect by Bluetooth yeah. to the sound desk output through their earphones. If they've got Bluetooth <sighs> earphones, put your earphones in, connect to the sound desk through Bluetooth, then you can hear the direct output from the 
the sound. Uh, the this is uh, your eyes are widening. Yeah. it's a genius idea. It's a brilliant isn't it? idea. And the eradicates yeah. all the gig talk, and you can only hear what's coming out of the 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 PA system, and that's got to happen, hasn't it? If, if Andy, honestly. Like I might say, do you want me to remove this from the podcast? That is such a good idea. You should try and make do that it as a business. Yeah, because yeah. someone listening to this might say, oh, "Actually, I know someone that could maybe." You know, yeah, I'm a yeah. sound engineer, and maybe that's yeah. the thing that could. Because then you could have it at your own volume. I'm sure someone's done it already. I mean, silent discos are that yeah. similar sort of thing. That yeah. silent disco technology has to be applied to gigs, where there's a Bluetooth connection you can connect to and you can just hear the gig if you were visually impaired yeah you could have someone on it that sort of um helps to describe what's going on on the yeah, stage as well that, that audio description thing you can Alongside get on tv shows it. as well yeah yeah there you go andy you're onto something yeah someone else i'm sure somebody else is already doing this it's in development. it has to be i don't know um okay gig talkers because they've really affected your 2018 yeah they have. have you always gone to a lot of gigs i always have yeah, yeah. i don't go to so many now because um I don't know. It's a lot of money these days. Sounds like you're always, almost one a month there. Eh? Yeah, I get it more than I used to. I think, but it's it, it's really expensive. Yeah, it is. And and as I say, I'm irritated by the gig talkers. Yeah, yeah. And I should go to more new bands, but but I generally tend to just go to bands I've been into since 1987. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, gig talkers is going to be a second choice. Thank you very much. And who's going to be a third choice? Third choice. Um, this this man. Beggar's belief, as far mm, as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. He's the, uh, I don't know if he's a billionaire or just someone with oh, he's got lots of millions. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. What has that um, mad bastard done now? Well, it, there was there was one incident this year that just epitomised what Elon Musk is about. Mm. And it was when there was those the 11 kids that were trapped in the cave in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know there were, the the rescue attempt was underway, and some some divers were going in through the caves and diving down through the water and out again to the to the bit where the kids were and taking them out one by one. Mm. And it was something it took them like three days to plan it because oh, it was yeah, the tide was going to come in. It was like we've got to do this in a certain period of time and we've got to do it right because if we just get this wrong by any kind of degree, these poor kids are going to drown or, or starve yeah, to yeah, death or whatever. Absolutely, and, yeah. And it was a, it was you know the the world was on the edge of its seat waiting for this rescue attempt, and along comes Elon Musk, with um, I should paint a picture of who Elon Musk is. He's a he's a millionaire who uh, he's he's a space explorer. Mm. He's pioneered electric cars. Yeah. He originally started off. He invented PayPal. That's where he made his money from. Did he? Yeah, that's where he got his money from. He invented oh. something called I think it was called X dot com, and it then mutated into PayPal, and then he sold PayPal to I think it was eBay bought right. PayPal. And then he made he's he's then he's kind made of an absolute mint, yeah. Used his millions to kind of piss about basically. Uh, and he's also he's developing uh the hyperloop thing, which is that's the high speed tunnels but like on the ground that can get you from Edinburgh to London in Whoa. like thirty minutes or whatever. This is the future apparently. Really? But it sounds a little bit shady to me. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to Thailand, Elon Musk with his brain working the way it was, he he um he set his geniuses about to devise some kind of rescue vehicle mm. that could get these kids out, and he delivered it to the rescue scene, um, by which time eight of the kids had already been rescued. There was only three of them left, and the rescue team said, thanks for your efforts, Elon. That's great. Unfortunately, uh, the, ve- the vehicle won't be suitable because it won't go around corners down in the cave mm. system. It's just too big to get into where the kids are and everything. But, you know, thanks for your efforts and all that. Musk then responded by describing one of the rescuers as a pedo. Oh, I remember In a tweet this. that he did. 
and I think legal action has ensued since then, quite rightly. I because, hope so, yeah, um, I remember that. Pretty yeah. sure the fella isn't a pedo. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just that kind of toxic mill entitlement that, that Musk has got. He's, totally. Uh, he's got more money than sense. He's trying to develop all kinds of batshit ideas, you know, that are supposedly going to make life better, but it kind of feels like he's just this twat with a toy box. Totally. And he's just trying to just you know piss about yeah. spare time he's been. I, I was doing a bit of reading about him and apparently this this tells you what kind of a man he is during his wedding dance mm-hmm. to his wife who I believe he's no longer married to mm. this could be indicative of why during the wedding dance he leaned into his wife and he whispered in her ear I'm the alpha in this relationship oh what <laughs> oh my the ring the ring is on your finger I'm the alpha in this relationship, Mrs. Musk. Oh, my God. And, you know, there's there's another thing that he's done as well. He set up a company. He's he's really into tunnels. Like Hyperloop thing's a big tunnel, and he set up a company called The Boring Company, which isn't what you'd think it would be. It's about boring tunnels Mm. everywhere. So he started digging tunnels everywhere for this underground tunnel network he wants to build up. Now, to me, a psychologist could have a field deal with that in psychosexual terms. My. You've got this man with his massive drills and he's drilling holes into the planet. Yeah. Humans are not enough for him. He wants to <laughs> fuck the world. Yeah, I think you're probably Elon right. Musk. Yeah. He's the alpha on this planet yeah. Yeah. and he's going to fuck you. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I'm the alpha in this relationship yeah. with the world. So that's Elon Musk. He's a kind of a kind of guy you expect he's just want one or two steps away from flipping and becoming a movie villain. Oh, totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the episode of The Simpsons with Hank Scorpio? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Where, Sim- where Homer Simpson gets this new job and he yeah. moves to a new town and his boss is Hank Scorpio and everything's brilliant. Mm. And it turns out Scorpio is a, a, a dastardly villain. That's it. And I think that... Uh, Elon Musk, it sounds like oh. the name of a dastardly villain, doesn't if it? If you couldn't write it, it's unbelievable. It's, it's all there. set up. The, to think that he could just be like, right, okay... I'm going to wade in here because I've got all the money and save these kids and yeah. then just not look into that but then then be so upset by the yeah. fact that they didn't use this thing that he didn't do enough research into how it would work because he'd never been to the place exactly. and checked out what how it was going to work and then just be like, pedo. Yeah, it's, it's all about him. It's never so mind about the kids that need to be rescued and the fact that it'll get done the best way possible. Yeah. Just because his little fucking boat's been knocked back. The way they've they've had success with eight already. Eight so far, yeah. Okay. Um Elon Musk, I mean, does it it's, it's, surely it's going to get more ridiculous, right? It can only get more ridiculous. Yeah. Um he's one to watch, put it that way. That, that. He's, on, he's on my 2018 list, but he's one to watch as well for 2019. Yeah, okay, yeah, one to watch for the future. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's only going to grow in dick size. He's already built the biggest dick to fuck the world. Yeah. He's only going to get more yeah. dickish. Okay, so Elon <laughs> Musk is going to be your first choice. Now, mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they well, so bad? 2018. 2018. Again, it's narrowed down, James, because yes. you hate me. Um... It's worst. I mean, I'm, so I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of food and drink. Um, it's very hard to choose this. Yeah. But I was on holiday in Cyprus okay. in the summer, and uh, just me and me two kids, and uh, in Paphos in Cyprus. Nice. And there was a restaurant there. I did the TripAdvisor thing where I looked online to see what's the most popular restaurants, mm. and one of the most popular ones was a French restaurant. Right. I thought I've never been to a French restaurant before. Yeah. Let's give it a try. Let's go along. Nice. And looked at the menu, and I thought, 
Oh, frog's legs. I've never had frog's legs before. Did you? Yeah, and I thought, well, why not? Life is there to be enjoyed. You know, things are there to be tried. Yeah. Let's give frog's legs a try. And to my surprise, my son, who's only 10, he was quite happy to try the frog's legs as yeah. well. So we, we got the frog's legs, and I remember people always say frog's legs tastes a lot like chicken. Right, yes, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. So I thought, all right, fair enough. Um, so the frog's legs came, and uh, they looked like frog's legs. You know, they look. They okay. look. It's what you what it says on the tin. Right. It's what you'd expect. And I and I tasted them, and they were nice. Oh, nice. They were in like a kind of a um, a little bit of garlic oil. Oh, nice. They were, they were nice. They did taste like chicken. Oh, good. And then I thought this is a bit like chicken wings, really, but at three times the price. Right. So okay. what am I getting out of this? Yes. I thought I'm eating chicken wings here. Basically, I'm getting the same taste of chicken wings, but I'm paying through the nose for uh, the fact that they're from frogs. Why can't frogs taste like frogs? Yes. I want to know. I want frogs to have a different yes. flavour to chickens. How disappointing then. It, it kind of was. Yeah. I thought, well, I'm doing this. I'm trying it for the first time because I want to try as many new things in life as I can yeah. before I die. Yeah. So why not try frog's legs? And they tasted like chicken. And I just thought I could have just had chicken wings. That's disappointing. It's, it? it's kind of like, you know, when people say that human flesh tastes like pork. Right, okay. Uh, I just think, why can't human flesh taste as something different? If I'm going to go that extra mile and get into cannibalism, <laughs> yeah. which I'm not planning you to know, do, yeah. not anytime soon, yeah. but if I am going to do that, surely humans could taste like something, have a, a unique flavour. Yes. So you know you're getting something a bit different. Yes, you're right. What would... what? What would you like it to taste like? It would have to be its own thing. It would have to be its own thing. It, it you would. can't you can't have a comparison. It's you got to taste to like human yet. flesh. And frogs' legs have got to taste like frogs. Yes. So frogs need to book their ideas they up do. and come up with a new flavour that's exclusive to their to themselves. Yeah. I mean that is disappointing because you're like you you want you want to experience something new and yeah. fresh, right? Yeah. Mm. So I, I five out of ten for frogs' legs, I think, and that was yeah. the most disappointing culinary experience I had. Oh. Until a couple of days later, when my kids went, "Can we just have Pizza Hut tonight?" You know, we're in Cyprus. <laughs> all these lovely restaurants doing home cooked food, yeah. beautiful kebabs on skewers, Ooh, yeah, and all nice. this kind of thing. Lots of different meats, meze kind of like all, all of that, that sort of sauces stuff. and like yeah. dips and yeah. all the flavors and all of that. And they were like, "Can we just have Pizza Hut?" So did you have it? We did. Yeah, we yeah. did. And it wasn't. It was like ten times worse than UK Pizza Hut. <laughs> was it? Because obviously Pizza Hut's a franchise across the globe. Yeah, yeah. They also have different standards in different countries. And Cyprus Pizza Hut, I'm sorry if you're listening <laughs> and you're a Cyprus Pizza Hut yeah. franchisee, fucking book your ideas up because yeah. it's not good enough. <laughs> no. So your worst food experience of 2018 is Frog Legs in Cyprus. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what's going to be your drink choice? Um, this is a quite recent one as well. Yeah. Um, Sainsbury's have done, for, for the festive season, they've launched... Uh, pigs in blankets tea. You're shaking your head, and this you're quite right to good. shake your head as well. They've also launched sprouts tea, Brussels no. sprouts tea. Come on. Um, and I thought I, I'm a massive fan of pigs in blankets. Yeah. If you look at me physically, you can see that's the kind of man who enjoys pigs in blankets. Yes. And not just at Christmas, all year round. Yeah. That's the kind of man who's got a deep freeze in his garage, and he he puts. Pigs in blankets, a year's worth in at Christmas, and he just picks his way through them as the year goes Are on. Are they doing them down the Asda in yeah, the middle of the year? Yeah, of course, yeah. So um, I thought, I'll have to try this. And uh, I looked at the ingredients, and I thought, well, this is going to be like bovril, surely. It'll be beef. What are the ingredients? Well, I thought it would be like pork extract in the same way the bovril right, is yeah, beef yeah, extract. Yeah. And 
you know, water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a little tea bag, and it's it's Lapsang Sushong. Okay. Which is one of them one of them fancy teas. Nice. Okay. Uh, and it had a bit of rosemary in it as well, I think. And right. Sort of the, the ingredients you'd get in stuffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not yeah. That there's any stuffing yeah, yeah. in pigs in blankets because it's just sausage and and um, and bacon, and it tasted. It tasted like shit, James. <laughs> Not it? literally like shit, but, but like, but it bad. was, it was, it was awful. It was minging. Why have they bothered? I don't know. They've they, they've done it. It's a hit and run. They're getting some sales from it. People are going to go. Oh, like mugs like me are going to go. I'll pay a quid for a box of pigs in blanket tea. Yeah. And then you try it and you go, fuck that. It goes in the bin and you never drink it again. So they've lost out. They've lost some goodwill. Mm. But they've made a short term gain. Short-term gain, hit and run tea scenario. It's kind of like right, where, like I want to try that, and while I'm in here, I might as well do my shop. Yeah. So you get like you know fifty quid worth of stuff because mm. you just go around and you're just like right, actually yeah. no, I need milk, I need bread, I need butter, and yeah. you just like fill up a basket, yeah. and you're like, oh, actually yeah, I'll do that. All for that, and yeah. then you come away and you're like that fucking tea. I mean, if if someone had given me frog's legs and then I had to wash it down with pigs in blankets tea, I'd be murderous. <laughs> I really would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so they're doing sprouts tea as well. Sprouts tea, I've not tried that. No, I tried rubbish. the pigs and blacks first, and I thought yeah. I'm not going to go back and indulge them further. With the sprouts. I don't like sprouts anyway, so. No. Okay. Yeah. Why would you have it in a tea? Exactly. So um, fuck that. Do you enjoy? Do you enjoy a lot of sang su shong? First time, time I've had it. To be honest, James. <laughs> yeah. First and last. And, yeah. Um, pigs in blankets tea. Yeah. I mean. What would be better as a tea? What would you like to anything, see as a tea? Anything. You, I mean, is that bad? In in theory, pigs in blankets tea sounds nice. Yeah. Because, you know, I was applying that Bovril like, logic yes, to it. right, yeah. I went to watch Sunderland play last Saturday and I, I got myself a Bovril before the kickoff because it was a freezing cold day and it's what you do at the football. You have a Bovril when it's freezing because it warms you up. Yeah, and yeah. And Bovril's, Bovril's lovely. Yeah, it's nice, yeah. And... um I thought it would be kind of down the Bovril Road, and it wasn't. It was. It was just shite. Oh man! And uh, never again. Okay. So that's my choice for pigs in blankets tea. Worst twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Andy, and uh, we'll have some more after this. Andy, fortunately for you, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. It has your least favourite film of twenty eighteen, and you, and. Uh, and your least favourite song. What are they and why? Okay, well, again, this has been tricky because you've just narrowed me down to 2018. You haven't I'm... given me my entire given life to choose from. And I haven't seen that many films this year, um, especially not in the cinema. But the one that stands out, I think, was probably um, Hotel Transylvania 3. Hotel Transylvania 3? Hotel Transylvania. It's... it's uh, are you familiar with the franchise? You've I got am, kids. yeah. But I've got, uh, yeah, I've yeah. got kids and... Uh, I think my, my daughter has a cup that has yeah, total, I think total there's trans- cups. Yeah, I think there's cups. Yeah, this is like the that. third one, and it, it, just by the title itself, you feel as though this is beginning to become a tired series of films. Three. This I mean, was the third one. It didn't. The second one was all right, but the third one just just left me empty. Yeah, listless. <laughs> Nothing in it. Well, the the main plot was kind of centered around a romance between right. the main character and. Um, a human figure, okay, because obviously there's the, the vampire thing going yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Transylvania, and they were on a cruise ship. I'm struggling to remember it to be no, honest. Okay, it was that yeah, bad. and um, and I just thought this this is aimed at kind of like eight to twelve year olds, let's say roughly. Do they want to see a romance in a film? Nah, is that what they really want? Nah. <laughs> it was what I would have described as when I was a kid. It's what I would have described as soppy. 
Right, yeah. And uh, there was too much of that going on. The jokes in it were fucking awful. The good thing about so many kids' film, kids films now is that the writing is so good and so sharp and there's so many gags that are yeah, in there that the adults, the adults get. I love that. And they go over the kids' heads a lot of the time, but the adults get them. I love I it. I mean, the Lego movie and the yeah. Lego Batman movie are up there with some of the best films ever made. Never mind best kids' films. Yes. They are so good because the writing is so good. The gags are brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Hotel Transylvania. Oh, oh, it stank. Really? Oh, so bad. But So bad. But was Hotel Transylvania 1, uh, was that good? Did that I enjoyed have, the first one. Did that have good one. gags in it? Um, Some. I don't uh, probably better than three. Three yeah. really stood out as a stinker. It really stood out. Two was all right. I hope they don't make four. There's no, no reason to make four. It's the kind of thing that they just like because at any given time, right? Uh, adults take kids to the cinema, yeah. right? And you know there can't always be a good film every week. No, no. So they, they I've slept through quite a few. Put yeah. it that way. So like they find like a little gap and they're like, right, okay, we'll release it here because it doesn't look like anything else is going to be released. Yeah. And people will go and see it because they've yeah. got to take their kids to something. Got to give the kids something to when do. When they turn up at the cinema, yeah. yeah. So um, they need a scenario where their kids are going to shut up for an hour and a half. Yeah. Somewhere. And it needs to be in a cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the dark. Yeah. yeah. That's where it needs to be. Forcing so, sweets into their well, mouth. No, so, somewhere where I can force sweets into yeah. my own mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the dark. And have a nap. And have a nap if I yeah. I, kind of I mean, any other year you would have got um, the Angry Birds movie out of me. Yes. You would have got the Emoji movie out of oh, me. Oh, yes. This okay. stank as well. Um, what was that other one? The Moshi Monsters movie. Oh, God. I never heard of that. Flashbacks of the Moshi Monsters movie. Moshi Monsters was an online thing a few years ago. It was like an online community. Right. And it came and went within about two years. It was wildly popular at the time. And there was a £35 a year subscription for the parents to pay to access this thing. And. Uh, I think it was a company quite neat to where we are now in Wall Street, and they cleaned up. It did and then it, it, it died. It might still be going, I'm not sure. I've never heard of Moshi it. Moshi Monsters, yeah, and they made a film as well. And I had a big old nap during that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a right sleep. Yeah. You pay extra for the big seats if they've got them, so you can have a nice yeah. sleep. Take a pillow in with you. Yeah. You know that thing of smuggling sweets into the cinema, <laughs> which you don't have to do because they don't care. You can bracelet walk care. in with your sweets. Yeah. Outside, but smuggle a pillow in up your jumper nice. or something like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a cushion. Um... Hotel Transylvania 3. Yeah. Thank you for the heads up. I will steer clear. Avoid. Okay, thank you very much, 2018, for Hotel Transylvania 3. And uh, what's going to be your song choice? Song choice is uh, a compilation album that came out last month. Oh, yeah. And it's called 80 Symphonic. Yeah, talk to me about 80 Symphonic. Yeah, what it is, I'm looking at the blurb here. Yeah. Um, it's basically they've taken 15 uh, classic 80s hits mm. Um They've, they've used the word in the blurb, iconic, which is the most fucking overused word yeah. around at the minute. If you want to put a word in for 2018, iconic is the word. Yeah. Um, and there's 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 songs in there like Let's Dance by David Bowie, uh, Take On Me by Aha, Vienna, Ultravox, yeah. Small Town Boy, Bronski Beach, some 80s classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I grew up as a pop fan in the 80s, and some of these songs are oh, yeah. not sacrosanct, but you know, very dig it to me heart. Small Town Boy, it's a great song. Yeah, and what they've done, They've just slathered some strings over them and tried to, uh, I don't know what the word is, sophisticate them up or legitimise mm. them by adding classical music to them. Yeah. And it's dog shit. It's okay. absolute dog shit. Why would you bother? Why would you bother? Exactly. You've got some great songs there on that list. Uh, it must have been loved by Roxette. I'm not a fan of that, but I'm sure a lot of people are. But why put strings on it? Mm. I want to know what love is by Foreigner. Lovely song. Yeah. Don't put strings all over no, it. It doesn't yeah. need them. 
What was it? I don't, I don't see the point, right? I'd rather just get a compilation album of the songs yeah. put together and someone's like, here's some iconic songs in Icon- inverted, con- yeah. uh, inverted commas. Yeah. Here's a playlist of it, in- iconic songs. Great. Thank you very much. I'll take them. Job done. Yeah, they sound yeah. great. I'll stick them on in the car. And it, it, but it's, it's, the, it's the conclusion of a genre that's kind of infested culture over the last few years, this classification of modern music. Yeah. And I think it started with Hacienda Classics. Yes. Where people will go and sit in fields in the summer and watch these string quartets or whatever playing along to eight to eight state tracks yeah. and all that kind of thing. Loads of acid house classics classificated. While sitting down and eating their John Lewis hamper. Yeah, because they're all in their 40s now and they don't go raving anymore, but it gives them a memory of when they used to, mm. and but it makes them feel like they've grown up and they've matured mm. because there's some prick with a cello right. playing it instead. Yes. No. No. No, I no. say. No, and that, that I think that started it, and there's more and more of that kind of thing happening now. Where there's there's uh, there's a, a Beach Boys album has come out, which has been fucked about with strings, and a Roy Orbison one. Yeah, and it's 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 everywhere, and it's it's a fad. It'll pass, but right now it's boiling me piss, I, and it needs to stop. I I've got no problem, right, of the songs with strings in. That's mm. fine. Song with strings in, yeah, fine. A a, a band playing. Their songs currently with strings also, I think, is okay. Yeah, as long as the original song has been designed and written and recorded with strings in. Lovely. Exactly. Sounds great. Yes, beautiful. But this seems unnecessary to me. They've just basically slapped some strings over the top of the original songs when they don't need them. It says here in the blurb, uh, blah, 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 uh, recorded over three days by the 50-piece London Studio Orchestra in the legendary Studio 2 at Abbey Road. Now, what they've done there is they've done it in Abbey Road to kind of legitimise it and give it some kind of kudos. Yes. Because, oh, well, it's, it was done in Abbey Road, so therefore it must be a, a, a worthwhile mm. artistic endeavour. Mm. No, I'm sorry. You could, you could, you know, slaughter cattle in the <laughs> Abbey Road 2 studios. That wouldn't make it right just because you've done it in Abbey Road. Yeah. You know, you could commit all kinds of crimes in there. Could, yeah. but, and you couldn't say, oh, I've done it in the Abbey yeah. Road studio. So I think you see that it is legitimised and it is sophisticated and, yeah. and therefore valid. Crime no. music in the second studio. Um, yeah, I mean, this isn't... I mean, <clears throat> cashing in. <clears throat> exactly. It's just like, don't cash in on someone else's work, you know. It's just... It just I'm, doesn't I'm, make I'm sure sense, that the, the bands involved have all... Uh, consented to, but they've perhaps they haven't. Perhaps the rental company own the rights and they've just done it anyway. But it's, uh, I listened to a bit of it earlier on and it is grim. What is it? Is it like, is the original version in there at all? Yeah, it's oh, the it original, is. It's, it's, it's just the original version. There's been a bit of tweaking, but they've just slapped some strings on the top at various points within the songs. I don't think you and need it's, to be doing that. It's not, I mean, Go and listen to it on Spotify. You want, but I will. I'll give it a blast. Do not fork out money for it. Really? Don't no, encourage yeah. these fuckers. I'll find it somewhere for free and have a yeah. have a look. See. Oh right. Okay. Eighty symphonic. Eighty symphonic. I mean, just Christ get, alive. Just get the original. Yeah. Okay. Pay it the respect it deserves. Thank you very much, Andy. Eighty symphonic. It's going to be your song choice of 2018. And finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick. Of the animal from the year, which animal is it and why? It's me dog. Why is it your dog? <laughs> I feel awful doing this. Why? It's me dog. 
Um, well, again, I'm restricted to 2018. You there, are. There, there aren't evil animals of history that I could choose and no. put in. It's got to be an animal that's affected me directly in the last 12 months. And Oscar, the dog, <laughs> is the one that affects me directly on a daily basis. He's a he's a cross between a Shih Tzu and a Chihuahua. Right. Now, now Shih Tzus are quite nice, friendly. They're, they're quite energetic dogs. Nice. Okay. They're, they're, they're lively, but they're not too annoying. But if you imagine a Shih Tzu, but inside that Shih Tzu is a Chihuahua working the levers. Okay. Right. Now we know what Chihuahuas are like. They're yeah. shivery. They're yappy. Yeah. They're irritating. They're um. They they, they cling to their but, owners yeah, like yeah, a limpet. Yeah. They're 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 not my kind of dog. Let's no. just say that. Yeah. And I've got this Shih Tzu, and inside the Shih Tzu, there's a Chihuahua working the levers and controlling the thing. He's needy. Oh. He follows me around everywhere I go. I mean, he might have, he's a rescue dog. So right, okay. he was a year old when we got him. He might well have had um, issues from his first mm. year of life. I don't know what mm. kind of home he came from. And he is a bit he's a bit nervy and a bit jumpy, mm. but that could be the Chihuahua on him. But he follows me around everywhere I go. If I if I get up to go and get something from the kitchen, he'll come and follow me to see oh, what I'm doing. Yeah. And he um, he's got no spatial awareness. If I sit down on the sofa, he needs to be sat right next to me, cuddling into me. Oh and, no! You need some space. I need some space. I'm like, come on, mate. It's got to the point now. If I want to sit on the end of the sofa, I'll start off sitting in the middle, and then he'll take up his position to my left. Nice. And then I gradually move along into the space where I originally wanted it to sit. Uh, yeah. So I create some space between us, and he doesn't know it's mind games. Yeah. I'm playing, okay. I'm playing sofa yeah. mind games with this this Chihuahua Shih Tzu thing. Yeah. Uh, like I say, no spatial awareness. Uh, he seems to know innately exactly which point I'm intending to walk into what? in the room and he'll put himself in there yeah. so that he's just always in the way. Does he does he get in front of your feet all the yeah, time? Yeah, all the time. Oh, I mean man. he's lovely. He's he's he means well. He's a he's a bit of an arsehole. But <laughs> but he but he's he's generally, you know, he, he he wants to please and he he's he's a lovely dog. I feel bad choosing him but what, what, dear God. What what's he like with other dogs? Oh he's just he's either terrified of them or he'll bark at them, right. and he thinks he can fight them, but he, right. he wouldn't be able to fight anything. Does he have he, a go? He, he, he sees like a plastic bag in the street, and he'll bark at that because he thinks it's an, an imagined enemy. He's, <laughs> he's really struggling at the minute because we go out on a, on a walk of an evening, and all the houses have now got like Christmas lights up and things in their porches and right, on their yeah. outside walls, and he's struggling to deal with all of that because it's like, what, Ooh, is, what are these new things? And he's just like a bag of nerves. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, he's hard work. And if I was going to be on a desert island, you don't need that. I don't want. I I, I don't want Oscar with me. <laughs> no, yeah. I like to come to London for work because I get a bit of respite from him. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, Oscar, I feel bad. Sorry, that you put sorry, down. Oscar, if you're listening. <laughs> Do you, does it come with some guilt? Yeah, it does yeah, it? Yeah, there is some guilt. I will admit that. Yeah. Oh, he sounds like quite a nice dog. And he as looks well when you said he's a rescue rescue dog. Yeah, as well. he he looks lovely as well. You know the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Oh, he yeah. looks like an Does Ewok. He? And oh. my daughter buys little costumes for him to wear. Like he's got a Santa Claus costume for Christmas and an elf one, and he looks lovely. But he's just a prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
I mean, you'd be able to get to a few more gigs as well if you didn't have to shell out for oh, all this food all God, the time. Oh, yeah. God, and, and looking after him and everything. The freedom I would have if I didn't know Oscar. I know, yeah. But it's, it's a love-hit relationship. It's like one of them sitcoms where you've got two people that are trapped in a relationship. Nice. Neither of them really want to be in it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, like the, I'm, I'm seeing the opening titles in my head of you and him. Andy and Oscar. Shuffling down the sofa and stuff. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so, Andy, your dog Oscar is going to be your animal choice. Of twenty eighteen. Of twenty eighteen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like I've been. Put, I've put you through quite a lot of pain having to do this. No, it's been quite cathartic. I've oh, that's great. It. All right, yeah, brilliant. Okay, now. yeah. All right, nice. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Andy. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I, I imagine. I say this quite a lot, but I imagine the reason that people are here is because they've seen your name and they know what else you do. But uh, should they not? Where else can people find you? Um, I I do a podcast with Bob Mortimer. Yes, <laughs> I do a podcast called Athletico Mince. With, with Bob Mortimer. It's an excellent uh, podcast. Thank you very much. I've been to see you live. Have and, you? And it was very good. Uh, it was uh, in London at King's Place. Yeah, oh, that was the very first live show yeah. we did. Oh, it was so We did good. other ones that were much better than that one. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to come to another. We didn't have a clue what we were doing there. So we might do some more in 2019, but uh, yeah, we, we did some live shows. Uh, so we, we just did this podcast. It was going to be a football podcast. And then we realised quite quickly that our football opinions had no weight whatsoever. They were pointless and futile. Right. And it just became this this collection of, of silliness no, it's uh, brilliant. different characters and sketches oh yeah and uh, it, it kind of still is rooted in football but the thing that people say the most that we like the most is the they'll say I don't like football or uh, I'm I hate football, but I love the podcast right, because you yeah. don't have to be a football fan to enjoy it. Do you get that a lot then? We do. That's probably the one bit of feedback we get most. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. Because I think like for me personally, it's like knowing the characters that you talk about, yeah. then just hearing you guys do your versions, like your yeah. your uh, impressions like Harry Kane, yeah. I, like just gets yeah. me every time. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is that a lot of people still love those impressions, but they don't really know who the characters are. They'll look them up on Google and stuff and see oh, what they look like and things, but you don't have to kind of be steeped in football. I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous that they get to do it that way around yeah. because it's like, like hearing you guys and then going on and seeing them like, um, if you heard like Steve McCarran, like Air <laughs> Island, right? Yeah. And then you go and have a look. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. And um, Dice Disbeard. Sean Dice. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm giving away, I, I'm giving away a lot, but there you go. It's a, it is a fantastic podcast. And, and your other podcast. The other one I do, uh, yeah, is to, uh, called Top Flight Time Machine. I do that with the writer and broadcaster Sam Delaney. Again, it was going to be a football podcast, and it's quite quickly slipped its moorings. And it's <laughs> it, it. we just we just kind of waffle on about anything really. Um, the minute we've got a regular feature where people tell us uh, bullshit stories that they've heard from people they've worked with or gone to school with, you know, Billy bullshit stories. Nice. Everyone knows yeah. someone who's a bullshitter. Yeah. So we've got lots of them going on. Um, so it, it's just me and him just having a laugh. With a little bit of football in there, yeah, and it's it's doing well. People seem to like it. So the retaining factor is that you're in both of these podcasts. It's moved away from football. And yeah, you've got, it's obviously yeah. your comedy. It like... might it might be. I think it's that thing where football fans don't don't talk in the way that the football media thinks they do. They don't all sit around talking about tactics and transfer speculation and shit like that. They'll talk about other stuff and, and they'll have a laugh. The funny bits, And the yeah. funny side of it and stuff yeah. that's only vaguely related to football. Yes. Um, and there's plenty of that in Top Flight Time Machine and then Athletic Mints has just got all the, the characters from football just sent up. So It's brilliant, yeah. 
Hilarious. It's, it's a lot of fun to do. Oh, I love it. I do love it. Uh, Andy, and if people want to find you on social media, where can they find I you? I am at Profanity Swan. Yeah. Where did that Twitter. name come from? I've always... It was, well, the first thing I did before I became a writer was I did my own fanzine, which ah. was kind of like a comedy fanzine sort of thing, and it was just called The Profanity Swan. Ah, it was okay. a nonsensical title that I gave it and I just used that when it came to just going start. on Twitter yeah well there you go that's what it is okay well if people want to find you they can find it at Profanity Swan on Twitter they can thank you so much Andy thanks very much 